Hello, welcome to the Tailoring Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Taylor. Today, we're going to be interviewing a person who just broke into the marketing scene after 14 years in the oil and gas industry. Give it up for Jake Lacaz. Jake Lacaz is it a ah? I'm sorry. It's amazing to have you on the Tailoring Podcast. How you doing, man? All right, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. It's a Sunday morning. It's a, I mean, Sunday afternoon. It's very peaceful. But uh, yeah, like you know, tell me a little more about yourself. Even though I literally just like you know mentioned some about you. Yeah, so like you said, I just <clears throat> this year broke into marketing, but before that, I had spent 14 years in oil and gas as a petroleum landman. And um, petroleum landman is kind of like a legal slash business risk hybrid job. And uh, so I started off doing title research, uh, going to courthouses, following out the title, seeing who owned the minerals, um, you know, what the status was, if they were leased, and just looking for all the things that uh, my clients would need to know of. So I did that for about four or five years. And then I was in Midland, Texas with an EMP, an operator, worked in-house with them for four years or so. And in-house, you know, you're doing stuff to try to help the wells get drilled, um, trying to shore up your acreage, the, um, to solidify your position, stuff like that. And then I was for a couple of years working uh, as a mineral buyer. So contacting people who own minerals, trying to buy their minerals from them. And then for about a couple of years after that, I was with a family office managing their minerals. And so, yeah, so for 40 years of my experience, or 40 years of my career, I mean, I had uh, uh, a pretty defined path there. And this year I broke off into marketing. Hmm. All right. Like, I, I want to know, like, any reason why you decided to break off after, like, 14 years of being in the oil and gas industry? Yeah, I've been thinking about it for a long time. Uh, I actually have a marketing degree, but I didn't intend to use a marketing degree. I just needed to graduate. And I fell into oil and gas. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do, but it was hard to do anything else whenever your career just starts going a certain way. And I kept thinking about it. And then when I was getting laid off, uh, I found out in in October, 2021, I was going to get laid off and it finally happened in December. And oil and gas is very cyclical. You know, when it's good, it's good. When it's bad, it's bad. And you know, you, uh, you have these series of ups and downs. And so I've been laid off so many times with all the down cycles and everything. But I finally realized I could either try really hard to stay in oil and gas or I could put my effort to something that I think I might actually want to do. And so I was actually looking at technical writing um, because I I actually got a certificate in technical writing um, back in 2021. Oh, no, I'm sorry. At the end of this, at the beginning of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I also, because I also saw like, you know, in your uh, profile, it said that like you are a writer too. So like, you know, uh, I want to know more about that. Yeah, and so then uh, I was looking at a technical writing job, but I saw this job posted that was more marketing, and so it was for a local uh, managed service provider, yeah, outsourced IT, and so I was the only marketing person for them, and they hadn't done marketing in two years, like basically when COVID started, they had stopped, and so I came in and you know just revamped the website, the blog, socials. Um, all that kind of stuff. So that was how I finally broke in. Hmm. All right. Well, that's that's very interesting. So, like, you know, uh, you mentioned, like, you know, before, like, you know, the oil and gas job, like, you know, you didn't see yourself doing that at first. Like, before any of this, before any of this stuff, before, like, you know, getting your marketing degree, what did you see yourself doing? Like, you know. 
Well, at first I wanted to be a writer of some sort. So I, I grew up as a, as a kid, just always writing. Mm -hmm. I liked writing uh, fiction, you know, short stories, all that kind of stuff. But as I got older, I realized I probably wasn't going to make my money doing that. <laughs> so my uh, first major in college was actually journalism. But after a quarter of that, I realized I just didn't want to continue doing that. And I wasn't cool to the idea of technical writing at that point. And so I didn't know what else to do. So I went into went with my marketing degree just to graduate, basically. Mm. Okay. Like, you know, was there any, like no other degrees you were like interested in? Like, was that the only good one? Well, I tried computer science and I failed at that. Uh, I did not do well at all. So I had to switch. That's when I went to marketing. I was looking at English, but I didn't know what I would do with an English degree. But at the same time, it's kind of funny because I spent 14 years not using my degree. So if I could do it all, all over again, I don't know if I would uh, stick with that argument. Ah, okay. Okay. Got you. Got you. Okay. Got you you got you but like you know how like yeah i want to know i want to know like you know how have you been doing in like you know the mar marketing like you know seeing at like you know ever since like you broke out though yeah i think I've, I've done really well um you know i've i've studied it a lot um i actually got interested in marketing after i graduated because i was able to study the things i wanted to study and follow the people i wanted to follow and kind of had my own theory about how i thought marketing should be mm -hmm. and the great thing about marketing is um, everyone gets exposed to it. So you go to any kind of business, you know, everything is marketing. You know, you go to like Chick-fil-A and they say, my pleasure when you, when you uh, thank them for doing something. That's marketing. You know, it's, it's part of that whole experience. And so that's what I like about marketing is you get exposed to it in so many transactions on a regular basis. Uh, it's not something like rocket science. You know, we don't have much uh, exposure to it. So... Uh, yeah, like I was telling you before, I started working with a local MSP uh, IT company, and that was a big challenge because just the nature of that business, it's very fragmented. You have so many different players, and it was hard to get the results that you want to see as someone who's putting your heart and soul into the, the marketing efforts. But uh, now with my current job, I'm a content manager for a tech company, and so now I get to basically write and edit all day. Um, I'm bouncing, bouncing between multiple things, you know, within that time, but I get to do only one thing now, as opposed to, you know, managing the website, worry about graphics, all that kind of stuff. I get to do the thing that I've wanted to do uh, for years. Uh, uh, okay. Like, you know, so why do you think like, you know, you didn't like, um, so you said, for, so you mentioned for years, like, why do you think like, you know, it took you so long, took you so long to, uh, it was a lot of the, the mindset of just knowing that I, or, or allowing myself to think that I could do it. I, 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 um, trying to think how to say this. I'm not the kindest to myself at times <laughs> with my abilities and everything. And it's also hard whenever you have done something for 14 years, even if your heart's not in it, there is a part of your identity that's tied to it. And, and also when you tell other people that you're going to break free, they're always like, you don't want to keep doing this thing, you know? And there is also, I think anyone trying to switch careers has to accept that you are forfeiting something. You probably have a network built in your field and you are forfeiting that. Um, because now I have very few connections, you know, s since I've been doing marketing for not even a year now versus 14 years in oil and gas. 
but at the same time in oil and gas people come and go in that industry so you, you kind of lose connections naturally uh that way too but it was just telling myself all the reasons i couldn't do it and then at the end of 2021 i did a little thought exercise where i told myself i have to switch careers i just you know i just told myself that wasn't true but i said i have to i have no choice and so the question became how do i do it mm. and that helped it was very empowering to look at it that way as opposed to telling myself i couldn't do it mm. so like you know you and you've been telling yourself like you know you couldn't like you know do it for like 14 years too yeah wow yeah. i mean because also gets to a point where you know it's hard to start over too yeah it's hard to kind of start over um again you've built up you're built up a um a career around one thing you you tend to rise to certain levels probably you know and it's hard to kind of start over um but finally once i got laid off again i just realized i didn't want to struggle with i didn't want that to be my struggle trying to get back into oil and gas because i didn't know how the market was going to play oil and gas is really hard to predict no matter what but then post covid it has been really difficult to predict it's like uh, in April 2020, oil actually went negative for a day or two. It wow. went negative for the first time ever. That had never happened. And so we've just seen a lot of things we had never seen before in such a short period of time. And so I didn't know, like, if I got another job in oil and gas, would it just be like another six months, a year, two years before I got laid off again? I didn't know. Wow. Wow. That's, cr well, that's crazy. Like, you know, the oil went negative too? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it actually people would have to pay to take the oil to the refineries. You know, like you'd have to pay people to take the oil off your hands because uh, it was in COVID. It was April twentieth, twenty twenty. It went negative for the first time ever. That yeah, was, that was a pretty dark day. Yeah, of course. So, like, you know, how did how did COVID affect you? By the way, like, you know, I want to know. Uh, well, I was lucky for a while. Um, you know, it's, it was just really more personal, um, than professional because COVID realized COVID brought to light a lot of things. I didn't realize about myself. It realized I'm an introvert, but it made me realize how much I enjoy human connection. And it's made me, um, I don't know, uh, more tolerant of people, if that's a fair way of putting it, <laughs> but, uh, it may, again, it's made me realize, uh, just how much I want to work with the right people. And uh, it, it just, it did put, when you have all these lockdowns and you have demand going down for energy and all that, that affects oil and gas price, obviously. So we've had so many just waves in such a short period of time. And so uncertainty that came with it. It's just more, there's more reason to be anxious when the world seems like it's changing every single day. Mm. Yeah, I can, yeah, I can, like, you know, I could definitely, like, you know, agree with what you're saying, like, you know, I have to, you know, I'll be, I'll be honest, like, you know, you, it may, it makes you, it makes you, like, you know, stuff like that really does make you realize, like, you know, what, um, what you, what you value more, like, you know, that's human connection. I feel like to an extent, like, most people do value human connection. It's just like, you know, it's just that, like, you know, some people don't really want human, some people really just don't like, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, like, want as much human connection doesn't really care for that much human connection as like you know uh, the other people do because it's like i don't right. know yeah and it's like uh more most people like you know need human connection to like you know feel special and like some people some people don't 
I, I, do, I don't, but it's like, I do value human connection, like, you know, when it comes to my friends or, like, you know, anybody else like that. So, like, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that, too. Yeah, I think one part of it that to kind of go along with the career change was, um, so I wasn't really able to network the way I had been. I, I couldn't go to in-person events and stuff. And so then you start thinking about, you know, who who do I want to spend time with, even just in a professional sense? And it's like, I don't really like going to landman functions and talking about who's got this acreage and who's doing what. I don't care about that. But stuff more related to marketing, yeah, I want to have those conversations. And so that was part of it too, just realizing what I want to be part of my daily life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, you know, it's like you can't, I think it's really impossible for like, you know, for you to talk about something or like do something that you just don't like doing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I've been, I've been, I've been there before. It's like, I had a job um, where it's like, I didn't like doing it. Like I, I like for one of the reasons, one of the main reasons why I didn't like doing that job was because I, it required me to be outside and, you know, mm. yeah. You know, I, plus I had, yeah. And I, I was pretty much a maintenance, I was pretty much a maintenance man. So it's like, you know, I was, it would have been, it would have been decent if it wasn't really cold and rainy throughout like you know th the entire time right and yeah it's like i don't know i'll be honest is is it we like I, I got i got a question to ask you is it weird that like you know the moment i got the the moment i got the job it's like i well the first day of the job is like i immediately didn't want to go is that is that weird somehow no i don't think it's weird uh i had something kind of related uh i mentioned before that when i was given the the breakdown of my career that I'd worked at a, uh, an operate with worked with an operator out in West Texas. Well, before that, I had told myself that being an in-house line man with uh, an operator was my dream job. And shortly after I got it, I realized it wasn't my dream job. <laughs> you know, it's what, and that, that's, that's the crazy thing was like what you've been working towards for five years or for some people even longer, you know, you get it and you realize this wasn't what I wanted because my expectations of it were way off. Wow. Yeah, that yeah, that actually that makes a whole lot of sense. Like, you know, I'll be honest for the maintenance job. I personally thought I was going to be working inside. But like then I, you know, then they told me I was going to work outside. And it's like, OK, yeah, it's, I probably still wouldn't have liked it. But it's like I would have liked being. I would have rather rather been inside than like, you know, been outside. If You know what I mean? You could have toughed it out longer. Huh? You could have toughed it out longer if you didn't like it. If it was inside. Oh, yeah, pretty, pretty much. Yeah, I, I yeah. Could, yeah, it's like. I mean, I was there for, I mean, I was there for five months though. So mm. it was supposed to be, six, it was like, it was, a, it was, a te it was temporary. It was supposed to be six, but like, you know, then, you know, I, you know, I got, um, I got, I got fired because like, um, one of the reasons, like, you know, one of the reasons I never, I never called out. It's like, yeah, I mean, cause some, some days I wouldn't, some days I wouldn't come in, but it's like, I didn't really have a number to call out, but like, you know, I'm not going to say it's their fault i should i should ask for the number it's my it's my it's my fault. yeah like you know yeah <laughs> lessons learned lessons learned. yeah yeah pretty much but um you know i'd be lying if i said i was upset i wasn't upset i was like i was actually glad in a way because yeah like, most of the time when i've gotten laid off i knew it was coming and yeah because in my situation you can look at the market and you can see like okay it's probably coming and it's almost always a sense of relief like yeah, there's the obvious worry of how am I going to pay my bills and all that kind of stuff. But at least, but then you're like, well, at least I know now, and I know which direction to go in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I didn't want, I didn't want to quit either. I mean, I'll be honest. I tried to trade. I tried to like, you know, um, go to another like, you know, uh, location, 
close to my close to my house, so it's like at least I can be a walk away. But it's like you know, I, I could I couldn't do that because like because yeah. like you know, I think um, they said something about they said something about me um, they said something about me like you know using up my second my second like um, uh, something about using up my second um try like my second like you know opportunity to like you know uh trade. I I don't I don't know something about that because it's mm-hmm. like the first the first place the first location was like really far from me and it's like I couldn't get there on time because of the trains and all that stuff I left and I left early too yeah but the train but they're like you know I live in New York but the trains were like for some reason messing up I don't I don't really know if it was like a I don't really know if it was a sign or like what whatever but like the trains were messing up and the place was like vi- the place was really far and I got there like like I left my house two I left my house two hours early but like you know then like you know i got there two hours late it's it's ironic (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah but yeah i had to like you know contact i had to pretty much contact someone like you know tell them like you know i couldn't i couldn't make it because like of the trains and like no they put me somewhere so they put me like you know somewhere in manhattan where i was able to get to easily and uh yeah but like you know there's that the only the only good thing the only good thing about that job was the fact that i was in manhattan because like you know, I was near Times Square. I was on the most interesting blocks as possible. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah, like you know, that was probably the only reason why I didn't really leave early or leave that look or at least like you know attempt to leave the er- the location as early because it's like you know I was in I was in Times Square. It was be- it was beautiful. Like you know, plus there was a bunch of like stores everywhere. They were expensive, but there was much stores. <laughs> so look at at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And like, nah, there was a bunch of weird people there too. Like I'm not gonna lie to you. That's that's kind of what made it interesting though, but um, but uh, yeah, like you know, I assume you, I assume you travel a lot. Do you travel? I don't anymore. I did early in my career. Um, I would go to various counties in Texas and go to the courthouses and do the title research and all that. But um, really, I haven't had to travel since uh, twenty thirteen, I guess. Oh wow, really? Much? Yeah, not but... so much. Like because once my career moved. Just different directions. It was, you know, stuff I could do in the office. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Like, okay. So my next question is, like, you know, if you could travel like anywhere in the world that you haven't traveled to before already, what would it be? Where would it be, and why? Oh man, great question. I'm not a well-traveled person, but I also, uh, I don't know, I don't really care to go too many exotic places. Um, <laughs> kind of like to enjoy where I am, you know. Um, Same I, mean, here. I, would, I mean, really, just almost anywhere in Europe just uh and i don't don't really have a great reason why just (laughs) it's europe you know (laughs) yeah okay no i I got i got you i got i got you on that i got you on that all right so my next all right but my next question is like you know uh i think you already i I think i already answered ah you already answered this question but like you know there was i was gonna say was there at one point where you saw yourself where you saw your life where you ah I can't talk today. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you already answered this question earlier. I was going to say, was there a point in your life where you saw yourself doing something else? And like, you know, you, you said, you said like, you know, uh, writing, but like, you know, you, you already said writing, but um, yeah, you said like, you know, your career took you somewhere else and like, you know. Yeah. So I um, always wanted to, to write and I, I've written off and on through the years. Like I've had various blogs and stuff and uh, tried other little things. And really, I guess it was in the last, I'm trying to think, redo my timeline, maybe 2017, 2018, 
I started really getting back into writing. And um, I joined a writer's group and that helped a lot to kind of just foster that love again. And so now, now it's really more like a writing partnership. It's just one guy and I meet every week now to uh, talk about writing in some way and critique each other's stories. And so that helped. And as the more I did that, I just kind of started looking at how could I write as opposed to saying I couldn't be a writer or just saying I didn't have the career for it. And that was one thing that helped was when I started looking at where I wanted to go and looking at where I had been, you know, one thing too, if you, if you've done like one thing for 14 years, you have to look at how your experience can transfer to the thing you want to do. Right. And so, like I said before, I was looking at technical writing, but when I, when I was looking, thinking about that, looking at my past experience, I was like, well, so much of what I have done has been technical writing, even though it wasn't like, it wasn't the same terminology that they would use, you know, but when you do these reports that like I was doing, they're very technical um, from, a, from like a, a legal and risk standpoint, you know, and you have to efficiently communicate that and you have to communicate to different types of audiences. And so when I started looking at that, then the story kind of started telling itself about how I can make this transition. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely hear what you're, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, that def that all makes perfect. That all makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, like, and I a hundred percent agree with all of that, but like, you know, um, also, yeah, you also said earlier you were a content manager and it took you nine and it took you nine months to like, you know, mm -hmm. get to that, that place in your life. That. So, uh, let me back up a little bit and tell you about kind of how I broke into the actual marketing. Like whenever I, uh, started working with an IT company, you know, I applied for 400 jobs in three months. Really? So, yeah, uh, I, I did it on LinkedIn, you know, Indeed, um, ZipRecruiter. And so I, you know, just sprayed and prayed because I didn't know what exactly I was looking for. You know, I'm looking for that one person to give me a shot because I don't have the connections for it. And my experience isn't so obvious and uh, isn't so obvious to, to play into the marketing thing or technical writing, whatever I was looking for at the time. So I did that. And so for nine, like I said, for nine months, I was working um, with this one company. And so I started looking again because uh, the big thing was at my last employer, there just was no growth for me. Um, the, the department wasn't going to grow. I didn't know how I could ever ask for a raise. You know, I was never going to move up to any kind of management position or going to be no like, leadership or anything. So I was going to be doing the same thing for years if I stayed. Wait, wait, and hold on. Hold on. How did you recognize? How did you know, like, you know, you weren't going to like, you know, did they tell you it, tell you it? Or like, you know, did you just recognize it off the bat? It's, it's the nature of the business because uh, the managed service provider space, like I said, it's very, um, very um, fra fragmented. Like you're so or saturated. Sorry, that's what I'm looking for. Saturated. There's so many players in it. And so it's so hard. Like, and you, you're, you're looking to get like one or two contacts a month, really. And um, you know, people need so many touch points because for, for outsource IT, they usually have three or five year contracts. So people really aren't up very often to switch. And so my success rate was going to be very small. And if you look at other managed service providers, a lot of them outsource the marketing or they have the owner who, um, does most of the marketing. 
And there's a good reason for that. You know, it's just having someone in-house kind of, you know, throwing their creativity at it just isn't going to work because they're not going to get, they're not going to get the traction they want, you know, just from the nature of the business. But so I could see that pretty quickly. And, you know, I've been around the block a few times in oil and gas. You just, you see similarities, you know, you've seen that, you've seen that kind of uh, atmosphere before, even if it's not exactly the same industry. And so, yeah, I was able to identify that. And so then I, I started looking and what worked out for me really well was uh, my current job. Uh, it was awesome because they actually looked at the stuff I sent them. A lot of recruiters don't. Um, and they don't really take the time to really pay attention to what you can do. But these guys did. And they looked at my the website I'd worked on. And the big thing was my boss said, uh, my current boss said, he really liked how simple I kept it because I always strive to, to make things accessible to everyone. Um, I don't like to use a lot of jargon if I can help it. I try to simplify things as much as possible. And so, you know, I found the right person who appreciated that. Hmm, that's great. That, that's great. That's actually great to hear. And like, you know, um, he let, so you said he liked how you kept things simple. Like, you know, how did you keep things simple? Well, the thing is, I don't really know a lot about anything. I don't really understand a lot. And so I always have to, like when I'm writing blog posts about something, I have to go do the research myself, right? I have to go try to understand it. And because I know, uh, I, I don't do well with jargon. There's stuff in oil and gas, you know, like I've been there 14 years. There were certain fundamental terms that I just could never remember what they meant. Because to me, they weren't English. You know, they were just a bunch of gobbledygook. So I always try to keep that in mind. And so it's like, even if I have to use a term that you're not familiar with, I try to define the term, you know, just little stuff like that. And even now um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to minimize syllables with my words. So try to use like a one syllable word instead of a three syllable word if you can, because it's simpler, you know, it hits the ear easier and you can process it quicker. And I think a lot of people don't really take that into consideration. Like they, they think, because a lot of things, a lot of times in marketing, people think, well, people can understand this. It's like, well, yeah, they can understand it if they're sitting there just reading what you're writing. But people are hit with thousands of messages every day. And they're context switching. They're looking at their phone and they're context switching, jumping between different projects. So you want to make sure that your message is simple and easy to spread and that they can retain it easily. Mm. And so that's why I try to focus on uh, Seth Godin said easy idea spread or simple idea spread. That's and true. I try to keep that in mind. That's true. That's true. Like, you know, it certainly, it certainly like, you know, depends on like, you know, how you say it and what you say, because like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, certain people probably wouldn't understand what you're saying. So like, you know, I, 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 I get when you say, I get how you say like, you know, keep it simple and all that really. Well, and here, it's also just a little bit of personal philosophy. Like my thing is writing is communication, right? Well, right. what's the point of communicating if people don't understand what you're saying? Exactly. Exactly. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good point. I never really thought of that before. Like, you know, it's like, you know, if no one understands what you're trying to say, you know, why bother even waste your time writing it and all that? Right. And what, why can you can't be surprised if they don't respond then? Right. Or like, you know, or if they do respond, respond in the way you would hope to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, of yeah, exactly. Of course, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, so, like, you know, um, if you were to start, I'll, I'll be honest, if you were to 
start a business, like, you know, if you were to start another business, what would you start in uh why? Like, you know, or is this or is this like, you know, it or is this like, you know, all it for you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I always try to it's it's always good to have a goal, but it's also good to be flexible at the same time. But uh I mean I would be open to uh doing some kind of consultant marketing or, or like freelance writing, you know, if I could build up my rapport uh, and uh, build up a portfolio of clients, you know, but yeah, I don't know where this goes. And uh, that's kind of exciting in a way because my, well, nothing with my old career, if you looked at my resume and if you were to pick my next job, like just by the trajectory of my career, what I should have been doing, it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I kind of felt like it was going only in one direction. And again, it was the one direction I didn't want to go. And right now I feel like I do have a number of options. I just don't even know what they all are. Hmm. That's, that's true. That's true. It is kind of, it is kind of exciting to know, like, you know, what you. Scary too, for some people, because it's like, you know, they would see their life going like this way. Then like, you know, went this way and that way, but like, you know, when, Neither of that, neither, like, you know, if it, neither, if it doesn't go that way, like left or right, and you don't really know what you want to do, like, you know, people could either thrive off that or just like, you know, be scared of that and like, you know, just be, uh, complete, complacent, like next. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I got to like, in a limb. Okay. Okay. If you can, if you can take back any mistake in your life, what would and why? Any mistake. It would uh, probably be not looking, not researching all the ways I could have been a writer sooner. Like, huh. like I said before, I was telling myself I couldn't do it. Um, technical writing just even sounded too dull when I was when I was younger, and I wish I had spent more time looking again. Like I said, looking at how I could do it, and also one thing that has helped is when I started looking at. The, th the common threads of writing, like I wanted to write fiction. Well, you, you sit there and say, well, technical writing is a fiction writing. It's like, it's true, but there are also similarities. Like there are things you can carry over that you can learn from one type of writing to the other. Um, like for instance, like with copywriting, you know, you generally want to be brief, right? And simple. Well, why right. wouldn't you do that in almost any type of writing, unless it's academic, I guess, and you have to write by a certain standard. So I wish I had looked at um, how things were similar rather than how they were different. And maybe that would have helped me sooner. Okay. Yeah, I believe it would have definitely helped you sooner too. And it's like, it's, probably, it's good that like, you know, you, um, you recognize this, you recognize this now, like, you know, but I mean, you got it done though, right? Yeah. And some lessons have to be learned the hard way. Yeah. Like, yeah, true, true. Some people, some people like actually like, you know, say like you know they wouldn't take anything back and i respect that because like you know wouldn't have shaped them into the person they are today so it's like you know i give so it's like you know but i i would probably actually expect them to like you know just say like you know other things that like you know wouldn't shape them into the person you are today because like you know but yeah that's a that's a pretty good like you know lesson it's like take out of like you know all of this really like you know just to like research it early and um my last my last question is what or who what did what or who inspired you to like you know move forward with your current profession and why hmm good question i would say i i don't know if inspires my word but a great support was was my wife 
for believing that I could do it. And um, just always kind of listening to me, especially through the periods of doubt. And to it's great to have that person to share the success with too. Um, so because other than that, it, I guess as far as just motivation, it was really me learning how to listen to myself. And you know, as you get older, you, you can generally lose energy. And I kind of realized I don't have the energy to fight certain battles anymore. And just kind of the battles of my old career. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So a lot of it was listening to myself with the support of my wife. Mm. Well, I'm not going to lie. That's a pretty good wife, though. Like, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she's a pretty good wife. Like, you know, uh, yeah. She's great. And, uh, and uh, yeah, like, you know, listening to yourself is definitely very important, like, you know, in the process, too. And uh yeah, it's like, but like once again, like it, it took, it took a, it took a while, but it, like you know, I'm just glad that you got it done though. Well, I appreciate that. It feels good. Anytime, man. Anytime. And uh, with that being said, that was it for today's podcast. I appreciate you for coming on, Jake. Uh, yeah, and really taking the time out of your day to talk to me. Thank you. Anytime, man. So um, right. yeah, you have a great rest of your day, and uh, yeah, we'll talk later. All right. Sounds great. Take care, man. All right, you too. All right, bye.